We're going to do communion here in just a moment. You can be seated. Uh, just want to share, you know, we, we said earlier we were just going to release the prophetic. We want to release, too, just the testimony of the Lord, just His goodness, His mercy. It endures forever and ever and ever. Amen. Just want to give glory to the Lord. As she's coming, I want to share this with you because I tried to get there last week. Doesn't look like I'm going to get there this week. But maybe it's because the Lord wants me to spend more time in it before I really, really share on it. I'm good with that, too. But just been in Hebrews chapter, I told you last week, 7, 8, 9, and up into 10. And uh, been just pressing into that in Hebrews. And uh, just a, a couple of things that, because as we receive communion today, one of the things that I, I want you to understand, why we can receive communion today. We can receive because there was one found worthy. His name is Jesus. He is our high priest and prophet. You know what's so cool about that is he prophesies over us life and peace and health and restoration. And, um, but in Hebrews, I'm trying to just pick out uh, Hebrews 5, 5 and 6. I'm going to read this and I'm going to jump up to 7. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, so speaking of the father who said to the son, you are my son, today I have begotten you, as you also, and, and as he says also in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now 7, verse 15, this becomes more, even more evident when another priest arises in the likeness of Melchizedek. So he's been talking about the priesthood. Who has, come, who has become a priest, listen to this, not on the basis of a legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of an indestructible life, for it is witnessed of him, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He's quoting it again. So he said that he became, speaking of Jesus, became a priest, not on the legal basis, not according to the law, because it was a different priesthood at the time. It wasn't after Melchizedek. He said, no, you became a priesthood after a different order because God declared it. <laughs> That's pretty good. So he said, uh, verse 18, on one hand, a former commandment is set aside because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced that through which we draw near to God. So what is he saying? Is he saying the law is no good? No. He's saying the law couldn't do what Jesus did. The law couldn't make anyone perfect. It couldn't make a sinner righteous. What it could do is through the sacrifices cover sin. Are you with me? That's all it could do is cover sin. <clears throat> For the law made nothing perfect, but on the other hand, a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. Isn't that amazing? What happened when the law was given? So that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the covenant that was given when they came out of Egypt. That covenant was given. The Ten Commandments were given. It was the first Pentecost. What happened? 3,000 people died. Second Pentecost, what happened? 3,000 people got saved. I'm just saying. He said it's a better covenant established upon better. But he said when the first one was given, it couldn't make people holy. It couldn't make people righteous. And also, what did God say when, when the Lord told the children of Israel, he said, come to the mountain. And what did they say? No. 
They said, Moses, you just go talk to God and you te- let him tell you whatever he wants to tell. And we can keep all anything he tells us to do. In everyday vernacular, that's exactly what they said. In common English, what they said is, Moses, you go talk to God, and whatever he tells you we're supposed to do, we can do it. That's pretty arrogant. So what did God say next? Tell him not to draw near. Tell him not to come, because if even a beast touches the foot of the mountain, it'll die. Why? Because they thought all this time. You know what's so amazing about that? From Abraham up to that point, they were under grace. But they demanded law. They said, no, we can do everything God told us to do. And God said, tell them not to come near. Because they're not perfect, and if they touch the mountain, it'll kill them. Isn't that amazing? He said, he said a better hope is introduced through which we draw near to God. See, for us Gentiles, the majority of us Gentiles, we go, oh, yeah, we draw near to God. We don't understand what you, you've got to put yourself in this place. What was being said to these Jews who said, no, we can't. You understand. Ah, woo. When they wrote the name yud heh vad Jehovah, when they wrote that name, before they wrote it, they would wash themselves when they were scribing. They would wash themselves. They would write, you'd hate Vav hey. They would take that pen and they would put it aside. They would go back and wash themselves again, then come back and finish writing. That's the reverence that they have for the name of the Lord. And here, we just let it roll like it's nothing. We get excited and we say, oh, God. Mm, I don't want my personal thing, no condemnation. I just greatly dislike that. They had such reverence. So for them to say, the ones who knew, who had passed down from generation to generation, don't come near, because if you do, you'll die. Even the high priest, all right? I didn't even drink any of this, did I? Even the high priest. There were priests that, that ministered outside in the outer courts, but there was one priest, a high priest, who was appointed, who would go behind the Holy of Holies and offer the sacrifices. That priest, he would have to confess his sins before he went in to confess the sins of the people and offer a sacrifice for them. If you look at their garment, the way it was made, they had bells around their ankles that when they walked, they jingled. And when they went behind the Holy of Holies, they had a rope around their ankle because if they went behind the curtain with sin, they would be struck dead just like that because sin couldn't come in the presence of the Lord. No one else could go get them, so that's why they had the rope. How'd you like that job? Either one, the one with the rope on your ankle, the one holding the other end. Why? Why is that? Why is that? It's not funny because you know what? If he went back and the rope quit moving, you know what that meant? For a year, Israel's sin wasn't forgiven because everything rode on the high priest. Everything rode on the high priest. If he was accepted before God, then Israel was forgiven for a year. If he wasn't, then they weren't. So if you're the guy with the rope in your hand, you're going, please keep moving. Please keep moving. Please keep giving a little more. Please keep moving. They didn't draw near because they understood the weight of it. But here he said, because we have a better high priest, a hope that we can draw near. So when we receive communion and we receive the blood and we receive the bread, the the body, it's not a little thing. It's not something to be entered lightly. That's why he says, consider, you need to think about what God paid so that we could be free. It's not condemnation. He's not saying, well, if you're not perfect, you can't take it. What he's saying is there was one who was perfect, so you can take it. 
And because people don't recognize that, Corinthians says there's some that's sick among you. Some have even died because they don't understand the great price that was paid for your redemption. He said, draw near to God. Now, and it was not without an oath. It was not without an oath. For those who formerly became priests were made such with an oath, without an oath. But this one was made a priest with an oath by the one who said to him, The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever. Verse 22, this makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. (laughs) This makes Jesus the guarantor of a better covenant. Who does? Jesus. Why? Because God made an oath and said, this is my son. He'll be a priest forever. So because of Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, we have the guarantee the promise, the assurity that we have a covenant different than they had, that we can draw near to him. (laughs) And that as we draw near to him, there's wholeness, there's deliverance, there's healing. All right. Ah. Wow, wow, wow. Abby, you come on up, uh, and then I'll get the guys in just a moment. Um, As she's coming, I'm going to read. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. So he said, there's been a lot of other priests because they had to because they died. Y'all with me? That's really deep theologically, but that was the fact of it. They were men, they died. He said this, uh, but he, Jesus, holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Come on, that's the place right there. We could have another worship party for an hour and a half. He continues forever. All other gods died. The little G's that men have served, that men still serve. They're dead. There's tombs for them. But he is alive, and he is a priest forever. His priesthood permanently, because he continues forever. Consequently, he is also, but listen to this, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Come on. He said he's able to save to the uttermost. You know, back in the Baptist church, we'd say he saved from the guttermost to the uttermost. That's not what it's saying at all. It's saying he's able to save completely. He is able to save completely. Who? Those who draw near to God through him. So when we accept Christ as our Savior, Corinthians says when we take the Lord's Supper, we're proclaiming his death till he comes. So when we receive communion, what we're proclaiming is Jesus is alive. And he is, as Hebrews 13, 8 says the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Now listen, the truth of that is released in our lives when we make agreement with it and walk in it. Our agreement doesn't make it true. It's true. Our agreement opens up the promise so that we can be partakers. That's a good word right there. I did say it. So as we enter in through agreement, when we say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. And once we do that, when we say, yes, Jesus, I want you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. Why? So I can speak in tongues? No, so I can be filled with power and fire from on high so that I can go burn for you. Amen. So, in his provision, in his body that was broken, there's healing. In his blood that was shed, there's covenant that says that God will bless 
and provide for us. And you say, this is totally unorthodox right now. Good. As I said, I, when we were beginning, and I said, Lord, if there's anything in us that's offendable, offend it. So that we don't miss our visitation. So we don't miss, Lord, what you're doing right here, right now, today. So, as most of you know, we're going on a mission trip. And uh, we're, we're going to the DR. This is the third time we've taken a group down. And uh, we... Um, one of the things that we did, this trip is different than any we've done. It wasn't just if you could raise the money, you could go. We said, we're carrying down people who are, who are God chasers. <laughs> Hannah, I haven't forgot your word either. You've got to release your word too. Just, uh, and we, so in that, we're going with a different group than we've ever gone with before. And so part of the process is with each person who was going, uh, we sat and met with them. Myself, Mel, and Stephen sat and met with every person who was going and just asked questions like, why do you want to go? Uh, not, let me, let me clarify this, not to approve them whether they were good or enough or not to go. That wasn't it at all. It was just, is this the right trip for you to be taken at this point? Are you with me? So we sat and we met with all of them. And um, Abby, when she, you come on up, Abby and Savannah, you can come up too. Mama and daughter. Savannah's gone with us every time we've gone. And uh, this is one of my daughters. Doesn't we favor? Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> she's one of my many daughters and uh i adopt, if you stay around long enough i'll adopt she males one of them I'm, I'm going through the whole porter family about to adopt all those girls as mine but uh so she's been with everyone and this time uh mom said man i it would it would be great to go but I'm not sure that we, because the trip is around $1,300 a person, so that for them, their family, it would be $2,600 to go. Are you tracking with me? And uh, so, Abby, we met together, and uh, Abby, just tell what you shared with us when you said, well, I, I really believe I want to go, but if, it, if the money doesn't come in, you just, is that on? Yes, my wife is good. Good. <laughs> um, when they met with us, which was really wonderful because it really helped gauge our heart as to, you know, uh, why we want to go and where, where our heart is in it. And one of the questions Pastor Todd asked me was, do you have any reservations about the trip? Well, I'm all gung-ho about the trip, but the one thing that, that could very reasonably be a stumbling block for me would be the finances because... We don't have $2,600 just laying around in our account to go, here, here, let's pull it off trees or whatever. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to endeavor. I really want to go. I'm going to endeavor to raise the money, but I'm not going to sweat it. I'm, I'm at rest. I'm going to do what I can. I want to do my part because I know God will be faithful to do his. And if for whatever reason I don't raise the money, then take whatever I don't, you know, whatever I've raised and put it toward whomever. Because I'm, I'm at peace with whatever happens. So when we met, so. I'm going to interrupt. When we met, I said, well, we're going to agree together right here that the money comes in and that you don't have to worry about it. It's not about God didn't tell you to come so that you could raise money to give somebody else. There are times that God will tell you to send when you can't go. You sow when you can't go. But I told her, I said, we're going to agree together that the Lord is going to raise this going, as you put forth your effort. See, that's the thing. She didn't just sit back and say, God, send money. She, she began a process. So uh, in that process, 
uh, I am excited to say, and I could drag this out, but I'm trying to be conscious of time. In that process, this week, I go to the mailbox and I get a check uh, for $1,000 for Abby. So as of right now, both of them are fully funded. The first ones in the group to be fully funded, I, I just want to say. Huh? And it wasn't because they stood and begged for money. They just said, here's what the Lord has done. Here's what he's doing. I don't know how they got the word out, but they're funded. I'm just saying. Social media. <laughs> Social media. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Tweet, Twitter, whatever, everything. But I just want to give honor to the Lord because he is good all the time, as we partner with him and say, Lord, we feel like this is what you're telling us to do. But you know what it takes? Us taking a step. Us saying, yes, I feel like this is what the Lord has for me, and I'm willing. Yeah, she doesn't even have her passport. She's in the process. She's in the process of getting. I'm just saying, this is what a step that it was for her. But it was her saying, God, I believe that this is what you have for me, so I'm going to go. Is that amazing? I mean, that's the provision and the blessing of the Lord. I, when I got the check, I texted her, and I said, call me when you get a chance. And that's all I said. And she, so uh, about an hour or so later. Yeah, thumbs up, so I wasn't scared. Yeah. I tried. Sometimes you get those texts, and they go, oh, snap, what'd I do? <laughs> Y'all never do that, but I know. I remember that. Since somebody texts, call me, and you're like, oh, man. Isn't that terrible? Your mind always goes to the negative and said, they just want to bless me. Huh? So that's a check for somebody right there. Check up from the neck up. If you got one in text and it would have scared you, there's a problem. I'm better than that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. The Lord is good. And so I, she called me back and I said, I just want you to know uh, what I just received for you. And she was like, wow, wow, wow. So I knew that she was already funded because of that. And she's still got stuff that she's doing. She's still making her peanut butter hallelujah, from heaven, things, whatever you call them, bars, whatever. They're melting in your mouth, make you want to smack somebody good. <laughs> She's still doing those. But the last part is she walked into, was it the bank credit, and where you went and the guy saw you smiling? At Rite Aid. Huh? I'm just trying to. So, you walked in somewhere. Rite Aid. Rite Aid. Go ahead. I walked in Rite Aid. Ph- I walked in Rite Aid. It's okay. I walked in Rite Aid Pharmacy. I think it was Wednesday night. And there's this tall young man who waits on, who, who's, who, um, who's there most of the time when we go. And it's ironic because normally we go through the drive-thru. And I thought, well, and you know what's really, really funny is I looked pretty rough. I was, I was packing some roughness. I really was. But anyway, um, I go in, and um, I, I was just at the counter waiting. He was, using, he was uh, waiting on somebody else at the time, and he goes, he walks up to me, and I'm just standing there waiting, and I'm smiling, of course. Now, I was cheesing it up a little bit more that day than I normally would because I was still walking on capital S-O-N, shine, from speaking to Pastor Todd from what happened. But he said, you're always smiling. Why, you always have a smile on your face. Come on. And uh, I said, really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, how do you have a smile all the time? And I said, well, and right at that moment, you know, you're thinking, oh, wow, what an awesome opportunity. And I just said, well, you know, I've just determined that 
The goodness of God always trumps any struggle or circumstance, and there's just a whole lot more to smile about than there Come is on. to be down about. And he looks at me, and he goes, you know, you're right. And he just started smiling. And I thought, wow, you know, a smile is contagious. Amen. And I just got to thinking, wow, you know, people, people are always looking at the everyday book of our lives. That's we right. might not even have to say a thing, but we can speak volumes by our countenance, our Come demeanor, on. or whatever. We just speak volumes by that. And that just blessed me so Come much that he, um, that he said Amen. That. Yeah. Did I do good, honey? <laughs> Amen. All right, guys, if you'll come, you know, because I believe this honors the Lord. When we, I think communion is a holy time to the Lord. What better way to honor Him, not just in receiving communion, but what a better way to honor Him than to just celebrate His goodness.